Hello and welcome everybody back to Eyes on the Minds. My name is John and Ian is currently in New York watching Hamilton. So instead I've invited a local Nashville player and someone who I'm lucky to call a friend, Vinny, to join me on the podcast. Vinny, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, John. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, today is December 28th, 2016. Last episode of 2016, which is going to be fun. Uh, and this is episode 43, setting the new standard with Vinny, because uh, of all the players that I know locally, Vinny is one of the best at finding standard decks and building them much in the same way that the pros do before we even see it at the Pro Tour. But we'll get into that a little bit later, because the first thing I want to talk about before we really get nitty-gritty on deck building for standard, because I know it's a deficiency in my own in my own Magic playing style, we got a very awesome Christmas gift from Wizards of the Coast this weekend, because all almost all the Aethervolt masterpieces were just given to us on a silver platter on Christmas Eve. <laughs> for lack of a better word. Now, yeah. what we're going to go and do is we're going to talk about the ones that we've seen so far. Again, our policy is we're only going to talk about the ones that are officially spoiled, none of the ones that have that may or may not have been leaked. And we're going to start off our list with a card that is a very, very playable card in Modern and Vintage with Arcbound Ravager. Yeah, Arcbound Ravager is great. Um, it's, it's funny because we already have a card like this out of Kaladesh, which is um, the, uh, oh, what am I thinking of? The black one, three one. Oh, the Syndicate Trafficker. Yeah. And so, I mean, when you have fabricate when you have things like puzzle knots that you don't mind getting rid of late in the game this card goes way up in value oh yeah and also again it's just a very pretty version for affinity in you know various places um i I can see this easily being like a hundred dollar card oh easily yeah uh next one on the list is black vise um recently this was unbanned in legacy about a year ago to little to no fanfare I got to look at these cards up because I don't know all of these. This is the one that's they it does damage, right? If they yes. have more than four cards, yeah, they take x they deal there they take x damage where x is the number of cards in their hand minus four. Okay, yeah. I mean, what do you think about this in limited? No. Right. Just, no. <laughs> the chance of them having that that amount in their hand is is pretty low. If this was the rack where it's uh four it's four minus the cards in their hand, then we're then we're talking. Um, also the right. fact that there's not a rack masterpiece is criminal. Um, <laughs> cause like the rack is played in modern black vice is barely played in legacy. Um, so you can't, you can't get everything for Christmas. Okay. You're, you're right. You're right, Vinny. I'm absolutely, you're absolutely right. Um, <laughs> next masterpiece we're going to talk about is chalice of the void. So I know we were talking about this before. This is probably one of my favorites out of here. Um, the, the art's fantastic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It kind of reminds me of uh, the Crucible of Worlds from the last one, which the art was beautiful on. Yeah. Um, unplayable and limited? Pretty much. Yeah. I uh, mean, unless you're going against an aggro deck that has, what, two drops and only two drops? If I'm playing <laughs> against the 10 two-drop deck, something yeah. weird is going on. Yeah. Um, but Chalice of the Void, is a very, it's a very pretty foil for legacy and vintage players. Like, my legacy deck plays four Chalice of the Voids just straight up. So. Yeah, and those, those are not cheap to begin with. So. No, they're not. So this is also <laughs> one of the very, very powerful ones. Uh, next one is Defense Grid, which is a very popular sideboard card in Modern and Legacy against decks like Control. Like, if you're playing against Force of Will mm-hmm. decks, Defense Grid is just fantastic. Well, and Commander. Oh, and Commander. Like, if you if you don't want the blue player in your Commander table to counter your things, just play Defense Grid. It's going to make your life wonderful. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, next up is a very popular card, which is, there's currently a bounty on at our local store for uh, for the <laughs> for the old owner is yep. Duplicant. Yeah, no, th- this card is sweet. I remember playing it. Um, I think me and a friend of mine were playing the Vintage Cube online the other day, and Duplicant was just great. I mean, it removes something off of their board um, or something off of yours for whatever reason, and uh, it's just great. <laughs> Yeah, uh, like FTK creatures like Flametongue Kavu, cart- creatures that deal with other creatures are just fantastic. Yep. Again, the big thing with Duplicant, though, is it's non-token, so you can't hit tokens, but that's mm-hmm. usually super narrow and doesn't come up that often. Yeah, it's very, very rare the occasion where you'd actually want to even hit a token to begin with. Yeah. Another very, very popular card, mainly for sideboards, but it's seen a little bit of main deck play now that Delirium is a big player in Modern, is Engineered Explosives. Yeah, no, I, I remember seeing this more lately. Um, I don't remember this so much in the past, though. It's, usually, to look it, this it's up. been played out of, like, Grixis sideboards to deal with tokens or deal with enchantments that they don't have a way of dealing with normally. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, when everything's, like, a 1, 2, or 3 drop, Engineered Explosives can be very powerful. This is true. And also, again, you can play it for 0 and kill tokens, which can also sometimes be relevant. Yeah. Uh, another card that is very popular in modern is Ensnaring Bridge is getting a very pretty reprint. Oh yeah, that that's super sweet art too. Oh yeah, uh, Florian de Gascoigne. I probably butchered your name. I apologize. <laughs> um, they they did a fantastic job on this piece. Yeah, this he's playing so many formats too. Oh god, yeah, like Lantern Control doesn't exist without Ensnaring Bridge. Oh, this is true. <laughs> like Ensnaring Bridge is also played in the mono black discard decks in modern, which are super sweet but really bad. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen those, but they sound fun. <laughs> it's just like Thoughtseize, Inquisition, you turn three Liliana plus, then play Bridge, and oh, I have Raven's Crime, so you're never keeping a card in your hand. I mean, do you go deep? Do you go deep and just play Waste Knot? Uh, you c- Waste Knot is more of a combo card in that deck, if yeah. I recall correctly, but you could play Waste Knot. Um, the card that is played in there is Shrieking Affliction, which is, fr- which is a one black enchantment from RTR, which is like if they have three or less cards in hand on their upkeep, they lose three life or something. Hmm. It's that seems that, good. That deck is really <laughs> fun. It's not great because you can't control the top card of their library, but it's yeah. otherwise very fantastic. Uh, <laughs> next is Extra Planar Lens. Um, the most of the time I've seen this card cast is with Snowlands because not many people play Snowlands. Ah, uh, yeah, that seems good. I have to like read this a little bit because I don't know all of these. I'm not as uh, an aficionado as you are, but um, this seems good. It does uh, seem good, except for that for the fact it's symmetrical. Yeah. Um, would you play it unlimited? Maybe? Uh, no. I, I would either have to be monocolored or guaranteed that my opponent is not playing my colors. Yeah, so never this comes guarantee. in out of the board, I guess, but it just makes, what, ramp decks also, better ramp like, deck in this format. Well, here's the thing. Like, if you play this on turn three unlimited, you're, you're, you exile one of your lands, and then you have two lands, and you might have three mana, or you might have four mana. Well, you could have six mana the next turn if yes. you're playing a, a near monocolor deck. But the problem is that let, 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 let's say that they fabricate this or they appetite the unnaturalist. Then you're down a land. Yeah, that's right. You spent right. your third turn doing nothing. Yeah. So it's not on my list for cards I want to play. Uh, next is Grindstone, which was the card that inspired Sphinx's Tutelage, which is one of my favorite standard decks. I heard you like Micah Synthlatus. Or not Micah Synthlatus, uh, Painter, Painter Servant. Servant. Yeah. Painter Servant Grindstone is a legacy deck that is fairly okay. Um um, Magic uh, personality Ruben Bressler is a very big fan of Painter, um, and so I know that he might be looking to try and acquire some of these for his next Legacy deck. But I don't know. Grindstone yeah. is very—it's a very pretty art, though. Like all these arts are just fantastic. And now that I'm thinking about it, there—I mean, 
if for whatever reason you get multiple uh, Minister of Inquiries, you could grind someone out. You could. Um, although Minister of Inquiries, Inquiries would be a card that I would play with Ensnaring Bridge. But Yeah, I mean, it's also you're not going to see as much because you're only getting one pack of Kaladesh, right? Yeah, because it's going to be Aether Revolt, Aether Revolt, Kaladesh. Exactly. Or and I mean, sealed, it's four packs of Aether Revolt, right. two of Kaladesh. Yeah, so. Anyways, moving on, we've got Meekstone, which is a card that hates big creatures. Yeah. Um, could see play if you're playing a super aggressive deck. Uh, it's mainly the most time I've seen this card in play is commander and sure. like token decks that don't play anthems. Yeah, it's key here to realize that it doesn't actually tap them down, they just don't untap. Oh, yeah. Next up, we have Oblivion Stone, a card I know like, you're very yeah. fond of. I, I do like this, this one. This one's great because I play uh, red green Tron, and so this, this does some work. Yeah, I can imagine this one also <laughs> being like. Like Ravager, uh, like a few others here, of being like in the hundred to eighty, eighty to one hundred dollar range. Yeah, this is definitely one of the more expensive cards that I needed to buy when I was building the deck. Yeah. Uh, the next card that's on the masterpiece list is a card that I, I swore that they would not do this, but they decided <laughs> to make a masterpiece ornithopter. Um, and I'm just sitting here going like, why are they? Why? <laughs> so why? so always always play ornithopter. Or? Never play ornithopter. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I can't wait to hear the talk from like Marshall or LSV on the next limited resources where it's like you don't play Ornithopter. Just don't play Ornithopter. It's a bad yeah. card. I mean without um in Soul Artifact, you're just not doing anything. No. I mean it's played in Modern Affinity. So like Modern right. Affinity has four masterpiece cards. It's got you have the past, right? It's got Ravager, it's got Ornithopter, it's got Steel Overseer, and it's got Mox Opal. Okay. Like you so it could get real it, expensive. <laughs> oh yeah, like you can make it full promo almost. Like, um, the pest card. I can't remember its full name. Um, the one that's an O one can't be blocked. Yeah, battle cry. Yeah, with battle cry. That card. If that was a masterpiece. Oh. Signal pest. Yeah, that's the name. Signal pest. Uh, next up is uh, Platinum Angel, which is a very powerful card. It's uh, yeah. super pretty. Victor Dominguez has been knocking the art art game out of the park uh, as of late. Like, he did Dreddy Ingenious Iconoclast. He did Atraxa. Uh, he's done... Oh, geez, what else has he done? He's done so many great cards as, as of late. Yeah, this is, by and large, my favorite art out of all of them. If you don't follow him on Twitter, you should, and he tweeted out a full a full art of this, like, without the frame and everything. It's just, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, that is really sweet. Uh, next up is Sideboard Staple Pithy Needle, which might secretly be the most expensive of all of these. Yeah, that that or Chalice. Like, Pithy Needle's played in everything. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, because it can. Yeah, it, it's it, in everything that it can be played in, it's played in it. And Pithy Needle's yeah. just fantastic. That's a good one. Um, after that, we have Sphere of Resistance, which is a card that's played a lot in Vintage and not so much anywhere else. Like, I've seen it played in Commander, but that's because that person hates fun. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm never going to play this uh, in Limited. Like, if, I, if, I, if I ever open Sphere of Resistance, I'm going to be trading it. Say so what? What do you do with it uh, against an aggro deck? Maybe, but even at that, it, it, no, it's just no. bad. Like I don't want to cast my six drops on turn seven or my five. Or, drops oh, sorry, on sorry. In an aggro deck, uh, even in an aggro deck, I don't want to play three mana for my two drops. Right. Like I want on turn four, I want to play two what two drops. Not fighting. I just don't understand how this is a, like a card. Okay, at all. in vintage, it's played in uh, the workshops decks because they have land. They have a land that taps for three mana that you can only spend on artifacts. Okay. Okay. That makes so sense. you can play this on turn one. Okay. And it makes Moxen cost one, and so on. So Moxen sure. Arch is good. Um, okay. Also, it would make uh, Force of Will cost at least one mana. 
as an example. Uh, yeah, it, it would. That's why <laughs> this card's played. Um, next is a card that was formerly banned in Commander, Staff of Domination, which does a billion things. Yeah, it all does the a things. billion things. It's also so, yeah. very pretty art. Like again, all these art cards are pretty, and like saying that they're pretty art is kind of like redundant. But yeah, Staff of Domination is fantastic. Yeah. Um, next is a card that is banned in Commander, uh, and that we Vinny and I cubed yesterday. We were yep. playing playing your cube. And you have Sundering Titan in there, and it's it's a very powerful card. That it is. I uh, I got to put it, get it out. Oh no, I'm sorry. I got to put it in the graveyard because I was playing Reanimator, and then uh, our friend Chris decided he was going to take it out of my graveyard and put it underplay under his control, and I just was not going to win after that. It's like you don't, you never pay eight for Sundering Titan fairly. You no. always try to cheat it into play in some way. Yeah, um, I mean, fantastic. getting rid of lands is great. Yeah, I've seen this cast in Tron before too. Yeah, that that could do it because like, I mean, Tron almost basics. never plays basics, so I have two forests in the entire deck. Yeah, yeah no. it's fine. I don't think it's playable now, but it was playable at one point in time. Yeah, I mean, they're just better things to do for eight, like Eugene, like yeah, Eugene the Spirit Dargan. Yep. Um, following that, we have the finishing of the swords because we have Sword of Body and Mind and Sword of War and Peace to follow up Feast and Famine, Ice and Sh- Ice and Fire and Shadow or Light and Shadow. Yeah, so I know you were talking a bit about Body and Mind yesterday. Um, I mean, you just play both of them, right? You play both of these swords in Limited always. Like, if you open any of these swords in Limited, you just play them. They're just right. fantastic. They're just awesome. Yeah. Like, if you have a cube, you put these in your cube. If you have a commander deck, you put these in your commander <laughs> deck. I don't play swords in commander, and I've, I've gone over that in a previous episode. But just again, to reiterate, I don't play swords because I don't want to play against swords. Yeah, but I mean, they're just great. They're just fantastic. Uh, following in the same vein as Sphere of Resistance, we have another powerhouse in Trinisphere, which is three mana for an artifact that as long as it's untapped, each spell that would cost less than three costs three instead. This is played in the same decks that play Sphere of Resistance. Okay. Because you can play this on turn one. Mm-hmm. Also, I think Trinisphere is restricted in Vintage. Do you play this in, it is. Do you play this in Limited? It's uh-huh. three mana, do nothing. <laughs> no. Right. <laughs> um, next, we have a card that is a is a very powerful cube card in Vidalcan Shackles, but I will never put this in my cube, ever. Yeah, you can't I, make me. Yeah, I hear that uh, you don't like this card very much. No, I have been blown <laughs> up by it so many times. Yeah, like unless blue good. just becomes unplayable in my cube, I'm never putting Shackles in. <laughs> that's my that's my preference, and you can come fight me over it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's a great card. Uh, you really want to be heavy, heavy blue. Like you want to be mono blue. blue. If you can, yeah. Like in, in cube, you want to have like anywhere from 12 to 13 islands counting your dual lands. Yeah. Like it's silly. Um, and then the last masterpiece that we know of is a card that needs really no introduction because it's just so powerful is Worm Coil Engine. This is a beautiful, beautiful card. I just love Worm Coil Engine. I did not expect Worm Coil Engine to be a masterpiece here because I, I like others, thought there was too much of a Phyrexian flavor to it for it to mm-hmm. see printing in Kaladesh as a masterpiece. But here it is, and it's a, it's as good as it was then, and you're gonna take it because it, like, if you open one, high five your friends, put it, yeah. put, it in your, put it in your commander deck, put it in your cube, put it in whatever, put it in your binder, play Tron, so you can play three of them or whatever, however many they play. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just a, it's just an absurd magic card. Also, put it in your limited deck. Always. Put it in your limited deck. <laughs> always. Like, you will not times? be upset. Always. Always. Uh, and that's all of them. There are two that are missing, and we do know that their that their names begin with P, just from process of elimination, like Platinum Angels number forty six, Pithy Needles number forty four, 
Uh, Ornithopter is number 42. So we know where they lie. We know that they're in the peas somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't know what they are yet. And when we do find out what they are, and we've been told that they are cards, new cards from Ether Revolt, we'll talk about them at that point, probably with Ian back on the podcast at that point. So sorry, Vinny, you won't, you won't be able to tell us how good those cards are. That's eh, okay. I'll let you know. All right, sweet. <laughs> Anyways, so now we're going to go ahead and get into the meat and potatoes because, as I mentioned at the top, um, Vinny is one of the best deck builders that I know as far as standard decks are concerned. Uh, because before Pro Tour Origins, Vinny, you were playing Blue, Red, and Soul Artifact. With I was. Dark Shield, Dark Shield Citadel, Ornithopter, all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And then before PT Eldritch Moon, you had the Green Black Delirium deck with Grim Flares and Mind Rack Demons and all that other fun stuff in Ember Cool. Before we fun. saw it. Before we saw it at the Pro Tour. Yep. Yep. Unfortunately, you missed this most recent Pro Tour because of school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but. That was fun. Um, I just wanted to go and bring you on so that you can talk about how you build decks for standard because we have a new set coming out. We have a standard that's going to be changing. It's going to be getting 180 new cards. So I, so I wanted to bring you on so that we can talk about how you build a standard deck looking at what we've got. And then try to pick your brain on how maybe you, how you build standard decks is different from how other people do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so <clears throat> I guess we'll let's talk about this process first. So when we're going into a new set, you need to look at is it a new block or is it a new set? So are we getting completely new archetypes, right? Or are we getting just some additions to what we already have? In this case with Aether Revolt, we're just going to be getting stuff that we already have most likely. I don't think there's going to be any different archetypes, right? Probably not. Yeah, not from what we've seen so far, at least. I would expect at least one to two new <clears throat> mechanics, but other than that, I don't expect anything to be drastically changing from Kaladesh. Right. Everything's going to stay within the flavor. So um, you want to see... The, the first thing you want to look at, once because you can have speculations of like during spoiler seasons, but I wouldn't suggest trying to brew a deck when cards are still coming out and you don't know the full set. Um, so when, when you're looking at these art, these, uh, the new cards... You want to see what cards are going to work with the archetypes that are already there. So for Delirium, um, just one example, the Yeheni's Expertise. I think that's going to be a great card in Delirium. Um, so that, that's the kind of card that you're looking for that works well with, the, with what's already there. Um, and then expanding on that, you could start looking into, all right, what, what else is there? Is there a new archetype that can be made? Like Artifacts seems like it's going to be something that actually matters. Um, not that it didn't before, but now we're probably going to get the real stuff because you have things like Tezzeret coming out. Like I've already seen talk or whispers of a Grixis artifact deck with like Sahili and Tezzeret. I've yet yeah. to see any fruits from that labor, but that's what I've heard as of late. Right. I mean, you look at Metalwork Colossus, right? That, this is the perfect example. Um, you can really, really break that. You know, I mean, there, were, there were Teamer Metalwork decks at the Pro Tour. Right. So they were it's, casting this card. Yeah, it's a deck that's out there, deck to be aware of, and a deck that's going to probably get a lot better when this set comes out. Um, and then next you want to look at, so we're, we're kind of, Will always says that he hates this current standard, and it's a popular opinion as of right now. Um, and so really the next thing that you want to look at, if it's not a new set or if you just want to build a deck, what cards are going to be punishing the best decks that are out there right now? Um, I, I don't know any of those cards, or else I'd probably be playing them. But <laughs> um, that if you do want to brew, if you have a brewer's mind, that is the next place you want to go to. Um, or is there any cards that you just want to build around? Um, so I know John loves it when I say Cigar Aid. It's just <laughs> one of the cards I want to build around the most. 
I know it's a bad card, but I still want to build around it. So you can do that too. And then after you decide what you want to build, um, there's a few steps that I do that take some time, but ultimately I think are really beneficial to the whole process. Um, so using Gatherer to search all of the cards that you know are going to be in that color, and then including artifacts on that and lands, because um, sometimes you just don't realize that you may be missing something. Um, so did you net deck the energy deck that you built, or did oh, you... Oh, the Pummeler deck? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I, I found the list on... Uh, I, I literally stole Willy Adel's list from the Pro Tour, except for Sideboard, which I kind of constructed on my own. Right. Um, but I just took the 60-card six, the main deck from Willy Adel. Yeah. So, I mean, it's you have those two options, and then I definitely Gatherer is time-consuming, to say the least. However, it's a very, very good tool to use. And so then when you're going through... Go ahead. Oh, along the same veins as... Um, along the same veins as Gatherer, because people forget that the Kaladesh intro decks or the Planeswalker decks and the Aether Revolt Planeswalker decks will be standard legal, as well as the Welcome 2016 cards are legal, because people have forgotten that Soul of the Harvest is legal and standard. Right. Yep. That That's a really, really good point. Um, yeah, I, I forget those all the time. Um, like so the, the next... Like Go you ahead. want to play Mahamodi Jin or or Shivan Dragon <laughs> in your limited decks or in your standard decks? You can only for nostalgic value, of course. <laughs> um, so then the next thing I usually do is um, I have a Mac, so I have the little stickies, and if you look at my Mac, you'll see literally uh, about seventeen stickies with all different decks that I want to build with all different cards, and so I'll just jot down um, whatever cards I see on Gatherer that I think may see play in the deck. Um, usually separated by card type, and then I'll have a sideboard section for cards that are not going to see play in the main deck. Um, and usually I'll write down uh, the, the mana cost as well, just because it kind of, when you're figuring out, okay, I need this many two drops, this many one drops, because you want to curve out. Um, even in standard, it is good to curve out. Um, so I'll write that down, and then I just start eliminating whatever I don't think is going to see play, or I'll mark down which, which cards are my four ofs. Which cards do I need? absolutely need four of? Like Grim Flayer, although it was disputed when the deck first came out, I knew that I wanted to play four Grim Flayers. Uh, how uh, much do you follow the, uh, the maxim of, like, if you want to see it every game, you play four. If you want to see it every match, play three. If you want to see it every so often, play two. And if you want to see it every once in a blue moon, play one. Yeah, no, I think that there, that holds a lot of truth. And I actually didn't hear that until, I think it was you said it, at the shop at one point, and I was like, that's really, really good way to think of that. Uh, and, and, and on that note, removal, you don't need to play four of removals unless it's something absolutely broken like uh, Grasp of Darkness, right? I don't know if I would use the B word to describe Grasp of Darkness, but it is very okay, not, good. Yeah, maybe not broken. It's really, really, like, the best removal, I think, right now. It's probably the best removal, removal spell in standard, second to maybe Declaration in Stone, but I'm not sure. Yeah, or anguish I'm making, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, unless you really are like you really need it, I wouldn't. You don't have to worry about having four ofs of every removal spell in your deck. And then you want to think of what are your one ofs that you want here and there, like ruinous path, or maybe I should use a color other than black because I've been talking about that this entire time. I'm just thinking delirium. Um, I don't know, stay, like stasis snare, right? You most decks will play four of, but you don't necessarily need four of. Um, How much then, does that change when you have a card like Traverse the Uvenwald in your deck? Um, for creatures, 
specifically, uh, you only need one because then you really you have what five copies of it, right? Like five copies of any creature if you have a card like that. Um, and then if also if you have cards like uh, Demonic Tutor, you know you don't have to play as many copies of one specific card. You can just do Toolbox. So let's go ahead and kind of tie this into what we're gonna do later, where we talk about some of the new cards we've seen, like Trophy Mage, which is two and a blue for a two-two. You go get a artifact that costs three from your deck and put it in your hand. Mm -hmm. um, how many Trophy Mages are you willing to play if you need, and how many of the three-man artifacts are you willing to play, or are you just gonna go three Trophy Mages and then like eight one of three-man artifacts? I would probably steer towards that second one, um, just because. If you, it just gives you way more options, right? Okay. Um, if you really need that specific three drop, then you obviously play four of. If that's what makes your deck tick, play four of. And then also play four of uh, the trophy mage. And then you can play one of of all the other things. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then so once once you finish your deck, you, you, know, you think it looks good or uh, whatever your stopping point is, obviously play test it. But ask your friends what they think, because they may see something that you didn't, or think of a card that you didn't, you know, catch uh, looking at the gather list. And then if you're playing, like, say, a tournament, and somebody just runs over you completely, and you just are, like, baffled, if they're willing, ask them, what cards could you main deck or put in your sideboard that really help with that matchup? I mean, some decks are just un basically unwinnable. Like, I feel like the Marvel matchup for Delirium is really, really poor. Like, it's really hard to win against Marvel. Um, but, I mean, they could help because they who knows the deck better than the person using it, right? Yeah. And another thing that I can't stress enough is whenever you're building a deck, asking people for advice and having them take a look at it, you again, like Vinny mentioned, you can just they could just have something that you missed, just entirely yep. blanked on. Um, yep. Point blank, like the, uh, the intro decks, you know? Maybe yeah. they bought one, and like they're like, hey, here's this card. And you're like, I didn't even know this existed. Yeah, there's like a three-mana 2-1 or three-mana 3-2 that mm -hmm. like if you have a if you have a Chandra Planeswalker it becomes like a four two first strike. Yeah, that sounds fun. That card could be playable if you have a Chandra that you want to play. But yeah, like any other tips and tricks aside from aside from that, um, play what you like. You know, play. I know um, a friend of ours. He's constantly brewing decks, and he just he'll tell people all the time when they say, you know, I don't think that this is a very good deck. He's like, it's okay because I like playing it. And that's really that's all that matters. So if you like winning, you build the best deck. But if you just like the game for what it is, which you should always just like the game for what it is because it's a great game, play what you like. Yeah. Like, I tend to lean towards aggressive strategies. Like, I've been playing Pummeler recently. In Magic Origins, I was playing Mono Red. Like, right. I tend to like to beat down, and so I tend to lean yeah. towards aggressive decks. Yeah, absolutely. you you got to play what you like because at the end of the day, you're probably going to play that a lot better than any other deck. That said, if I'm going to the Pro Tour tomorrow, which I'm right. not, I'm going to play whatever I think is the best deck, whether I think whether right. I think it's good or not or fun or not. Yeah, absolutely. I can't. I cannot argue with that that logic. In any case, so now that we've got those, now that we've got your your kind of maxims out of the way, let's go ahead and talk about a, some of the cards that we've seen spoiled, and let's go ahead and start off with uh, what we what is being assumed to be a cycle with the Quicksmith Spy and the Quicksmith Rebel. Yeah, th these are super sweet cards in Limited. Oh, fantastic cards in Limited. So they're both four mana. The Rebel is three and a red for a 2-3. The Spy is three and a blue for a 2-3. Um, the Rebel gives an artifact the ability to tap to shock something, deal two damage. And the Spy gives an artifact the ability to tap and draw a card. 
there's wild speculation what the other ones will do. Like, we're assuming there's a cycle. We don't know. But, like, the white one could gain life. The black one could, like, give a creature minus X, minus X, or whatever. We don't know yet. But, yeah, like, do these do these hit your fancy for standard? So I was thinking about it today. I know that we've talked about it in the past. I, I don't think that they'll see play, or at least not at first, because they're four drops, and they just die to most removal. However... Uh, Panharmonicon is a card. <laughs> Panharmonicon and, is a card. And so giving your multiple artifacts these abilities, I mean, I'm just saying you could draw four cards if you have enough Panharmonicons in play. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, that works. The wording, the wording checks out. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I heard that tapping your Panharmonicon to deal to is pretty good. It probably is. It's probably fine. Yeah, but... Other than in that kind of a deck, probably not. Okay, so you're not excited yet. No. And of course, as 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 you, as Vinny mentioned earlier, we don't know the whole set yet, so we don't know what else might be in there. Right. Could make these cards just stone unplayable, or something that could change to make these like the best thing to do at standard. We just don't know right. yet. If you give me a hordling outburst of art of, of servo tokens, then maybe I might start getting on board. But we I already don't have know. servo exhibition, and that's it. But it's and it's white and a sorcery. Yeah, but it's not three. <laughs> you are absolutely correct. It is not three tokens. It's not three dudes, seriously. All right, next up is another card that has had people, has had a lot of brewers going, and we've talked about it here as well, is Scrap Trawler. Yeah, this basically is Soul Shift Artifacts. Basically, yeah. Uh, I don't, I love this card, right? Because you can do, I know you can do broken things with it. I just don't know how to do broken things with it. I don't know where I want to go with this card. Yeah, it's very it's very tough because, you know, you have to sack a bigger thing to get a smaller thing, and there has to be some sort of loop that you can pull. Well, um, I guess, wait, the modules is pretty good, though, but they're never going to hit the graveyard. They're not supposed to hit the graveyard, at least. Yeah. Uh, the card that I would want to pair with this the most, with, because it has a cheap sacrifice or an artifact, is Syndicate Trafficker that we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, if you could pull some sort of loop with it, it'd be fine. Um, I guess you could try to pull a loop with it and um, Workshop Assistant. Because yeah. when the Assistant dies, you can pick an artifact back up. But I'm not. Yeah. But you still have to cast the card again. And it's, it's going to get really weird because, again, mana is the biggest restriction on any card in Magic. Well, I'm assuming in this deck, this fantasy deck that we're uh, thinking up of here, is playing uh, Foundry Inspector. So your artifacts are probably not going to cost that much. That's probably fair. That's probably fair to say. Although with Arcbound Ravager, <laughs> now that's a combo. <laughs> Ravager's not playable in standard, though. Or it is playable in standard, but it's not let, in standard. Uh, let me live my limited dreams, okay? <laughs> they are. You can live them as long as you like. <laughs> and then we already mentioned Trophy Mage, and do you see a reason to play Trophy Mage yet? No. Like, no? That's a hard no. I, I was talking with Doug about it the other day. I just, I can't, no. Like, I, there's nothing that I want, even a Scrap Trawler. Like, it's not three or less, it's just straight up three. I guess it gets a Dynavolt Tower. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and pull up a list f uh, for of artifacts for Trophy Mage that Trophy Mage could get. Uh, okay. And while we do that, or while I do that, go ahead and tell me, talk to talk to me about Yehenny's Expertise. So Yehenny's Expertise is actually the, the card out of the set that's been spoiled that I am most excited about. Um, like I said before, I think maybe not a four of in Delirium, but this is just amazing for Delirium. Uh, being able to, for what it is, is two and two black, um, give all creatures minus three, minus three, and then you can cast uh, 
a card that's converted mana cost three or less from your hand. And that, I mean, being able to minus three, minus three, and then ruinous path a planeswalker is just so good. You feel like you're doing something you shouldn't be doing in Magic. I mean, you hit his expertise into, like, a Liliana seems really good. Oh, yeah. L- like, expertise into things like, oh, I don't know. Like, you can cast... Um, if you wanted to cast Nyssa, um, Voices Endicar, you could cast her. Yep. Um, you could cast... Like, you could cast just another removal spell. You could cast um, Live Fast if you wanted to play it. Um, well, also... you. You can do, <laughs> you can do Yehenny's expertise and play a trophy mage and then go get something. Yeah, if you wanted to. Right. Uh, also, if you just want everything to die, you could go like Yehenny's expertise into flaying tendrils to give everything minus five, minus five. <laughs> build your own languish. Yeah, build your own better languish. <laughs> yeah. Use two cards to do it. Sure. Um, <laughs> why not? Um, Yehenny's expertise and like Oath of Ajani would be funny, um, but I don't know. Yeah, I I just think it's it's a great card. Like yeah. there there's no denying it's definitely not as good. I think it actually just is as good as Languish. It doesn't hit it doesn't hit certain things, and the biggest downside to expertise is that it can get hit by spell queller. But the best upside yes. is that it kills spell quellers. Yes, <laughs> but whatever. Um, I mean, in a deck where you're playing grasps anyway, because um, yeah. you're always playing four of grasp in any deck that you're playing. You have any expertise? I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah. there's no reason not to. Um, I don't worry as much about that, I guess. Yeah. So, real quick, there are 27 artifacts that cost 3 mana in standard currently. And, and we'll gonna, find out how many are actually grabbable. <laughs> we're just going to go down the list right now, alphabetical order. We're not going to really talk too much about them unless you want to stop us on one. Uh, okay. Chief of the Foundry. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Chitinous Cloak. Uh, no. <laughs> Do you remember what it does? No. <laughs> it's an equipment from Oath of the Gatewatch. It's 3 to equip. It gives the creature plus 2, plus 2 in Menace. Yeah, that's negative. <laughs> right. Uh Cryptolith Fragment? Uh no. No. No? Okay. Cultivator's Caravan. Yes. Okay. Like y- every time, yes. <laughs> Deadlock trap. In the right deck. Dynavolt Tower? Yeah. Electrostatic Pummeler. Yes. Fabrication module. Uh m- maybe in the right deck. Also it's another probably note on too slow for pummeler. standard. Huh? Oh yeah. no on Pummeler? Uh, no, another note on Pummeler is you're never going to play those two cards in the same deck. Uh, I could see an argument for it, but I can, again, see why I wouldn't want to. Yeah. Uh, Filigree Familiar. Yeah, I like okay. that one. Foundry Inspector? Yes, probably just because you're playing a lot of artifacts anyway. What about Harvest Hand? Uh, is that the one that dies into an equipment? Yes. No. <laughs> okay, just making sure. Uh, Haunted Cloak. Wait, is Trophy Mage a human? Yes. Uh, still no. <laughs> okay. Uh, Haunted Cloak. Uh, I don't even think I know what that does. It's trample an, uh, Haste and something? Un- yeah, Vigilance, Trample Haste, three to cast, one to equip, uncommon from Shadows. No. Magnifying Glass. No. I don't want Ramp that bad. Uh, Pilgrim's Eye? Yes, I would do that, because that'll grab you a land anyway. Pracata Pillar Bug. Not in Standard. Renegade Freighter? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> standard, too? Uh, again, they're never going to see playing the same deck, I don't think. Fair. But- I mean, if Trophy Mage can crew a Renegade Freighter. If Trophy Mage crews a Renegade Freighter and you copy it with a Sahili, does it stay a creature? Uh, the Freighter? Yeah. Uh, n- no, because crewing is not a copyable effect. Okay. Then you, would, no. you would have to crew it again. <laughs> yeah. You'd, you'd have to crew the copy. Uh, Sears Lantern. Uh, what does that one do? It taps for a colorless, and you could pay two and tap it to scry one. Oh, no. Slayer's Cleaver. No. Okay. A uh, Slayer's Plate. 
Uh, no. I don't think I'm going to get any equipment. There's no really good equipment that I want. Uh, how janky do you want to be when you get Soul Separator? Uh, not janky enough. <laughs> uh, what about an equipment that I forgot what it does? Strider Harness. I couldn't tell you. Like, Was that card actually printed? Is that standard legal? It, it was printed in Oath of the Gatewatch. It's three mana, one to equip. Creature gets plus one, plus one in haste. That's awful. <laughs> it is. Uh, thirsting Axe. Is that the one that you have to kill something or it, or no, it dies? Just... Yes. It's oh. plus four, plus oh, three mana to cast, two to equip. At the beginning of your end step, if equipped creature didn't deal combat damage to a creature this turn, sacrifice it. Again, it would have to be like the super right deck, but I don't think so. Weldfast Monitor? In, like, right deck, but no. Uh, Whirler Maker? Uh, yes. It's super slow. Super slow. Uh, probably not in standard. Yeah, probably not in standard. Uh, Wicker Witch? No. Okay. Uh, Wildfield Scarecrow? Uh, I actually really like that card. I, that has always been on my list when I'm building decks, and I'm like, no. Like, it's just not as good as other cards. It gets Delirium easy. It does, but, but. so does Pilgrim's Eye and Filigree Familiar. Fair. And a Workshop Assistant. That can be a combo. It can be a combo. And that's all 27 three-drop artifacts in Standard. I said a yes a lot more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, because this is also not counting Scrap Trawler. Um, right because we we know scrap trawler exists which um, that that's just at the top of my list right before any of those other ones and then we also don't know what else ether revolt has and also trophy mage is going to be in standard with amonkhet block and the block after amonkhet and the block right. after the block after amonkhet so there's a lot of range for trophy mage to eventually be good yeah i mean the thing is she's a three drop getting a three drop yeah and that's that's it's just awkward if she was a three drop getting a four drop that would be so much better yeah, but the numbers don't work out because Trinket Mage gets a one or less, Treasure Mage gets a six or greater. So you, you have to go in the middle? <laughs> you have, like you, Yeah, you can't do you like two to. to three or two to four. <laughs> well, that sounds great. Two to four. Now we're talking. <laughs> that's a wide range. I think that's too big. Like, cast Trophy Mage, get a Smuggler's Copter? Yes. Or cast, tro- or cast Trophy Mage, get a Fleet Wheel Cruiser? Yes, please. <laughs> uh, too good. Anyways. Moving on to uh, the first Planeswalker that we saw spoiled, Ajani Unyielding. I really like Ajani, um, only because the other card that was spoiled, his Oath, yes. um, makes him a lot better. And also, I really like green and white for Planeswalkers. Yeah. Well, um, my big thing with Ajani is that he's a natural trump to Emrakul. He just is. Yes. Um, also, with his Oath, he's five mana instead of six mana, which is much more palatable. Um, yeah. You do have to curve those together, which can be rough sometimes, but you can you can construct your deck so that that's not an issue. Definitely. Um, I mean, look at green-white tokens. The only reason that tech won was because it curved out so perfectly. And the, the scary thing is you still have Nyssa in standard, the voices in the car. You still have Gideon in standard. You still have their oaths in standard. Mm-hmm. Um, like... And there's a lot of the token makers went away, but you but you have Servo Exhibition to make to- to make two tokens. Mm-hmm. Um you just need to make sure that the right token strategies are there. You do right. lose Secure the Wastes, which was a big part of how that deck won. Well, you only played one or two of. I mean, it was it was more so going to the long game. If you went to the long game, you really want Secure the Wastes. Otherwise, you're pretty much just not playing that card. Yeah. Also, do you ever imagine yourself ultimating Ajani in standard? Uh, Probably not. Although I want to so bad. And then second question, if you ever do ultimate Ajani, do you ever see yourself putting loyalty counters on a Planeswalker? Uh, wait, is it or? It's both. You put five plus plus counters on each creature and five loyalty counters on each Planeswalker. On each other, each other Planeswalker, Planeswalker, right? Because not himself. <laughs> that would be cool. Um, 
I think so. And the only reason I say that is because if they're if they're if you have other ones out, they're going to be trying to kill one of them at a time, right? They can't kill all of them unless they have a swarm that can attack all of them at the same time. But yes, yeah, like I don't know. I I probably wouldn't play him unless I was playing a bunch of other planeswalkers. I guess you can play him in just straight up green white. But at like, that so point, so you were playing like Nissa Voices Indicar, Gideon, uh, Ally as Indicar. Yeah, and, and you're like, not playing. You're not playing four of a Johnny though. No, you're playing like two. Yeah, six mana is a lot. Yeah, even um, if over the Johnny makes him five mana, it's a lot. Right, and I, I think he just he likes uh, a super friends deck. That's really what he wants to be in. Okay. Uh, while we already mentioned it, what about Oath of Ajani? Oath of Ajani, this is the one that gives plus one, plus one counters to all your creatures and makes them cost, uh, all, makes all your Planeswalkers cost one less. Yep. This one is awesome. Okay. Being able, like, if you can go Oath of Nyssa into Oath of Ajani, I understand we're living in Christmas land, it's December, it, it's just so good. And then you go, like, what are you playing on turn three off of your Gideon. green one? We could play. We could play Gideon on a three without Oath of Nyssa, but oh, okay, sure. uh, Chandra. <laughs> oh, uh, four mana Chandra on turn three. Sure, seems good. Yes, and then also I'm going to use the two mana to cast my Nyssa. Yeah. So uh, you want to scoop uh, now? Oh, okay. <laughs> oh yeah, that would work. Jeez, yes, it was. That's rude. Yeah. So game two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so rude. All right, but yeah, that would work. Uh, also, Oath of Johnny might mean a comeback of green white tokens maybe yeah the so i used to play green white tokens i loved that deck so much um the only thing that you're missing which i really did i do think it makes the deck tick is um uh oh my gosh i'm I'm blanking the one where you sack a creature and go get another creature oh evolutionary leap yes um that card was the reason that deck was so good because you just sack a zero one go get you know avacyn that's what you hope to hit right um, and I don't think that if we see green white tokens comes come back, I don't think you'll actually see a lot of creatures in the deck. You don't think you'd play two Avacyns just because? Well, you always play four Avacyns. Okay. But you don't <laughs> see other creatures, you mean? Right. Like, you're probably not going to play the Sylvan Advocates. I mean, you could. Um, but I think I almost just rather have the Servo tokens. Also, if you're speaking really... of a card that's fallen off the face of the earth. Yeah, I know. I mean, because Grimflyer just eats it. Yeah. Uh, Liliana just makes it an 0-1 for the most part. Like, it's just, you're just not going to play that card. Ouch. Yeah. All right. oh, also, Smuggler's Copter. <laughs> also, Smuggler's Copter. Smuggler's Copter is just an absurd magic card. Um, next, we have Heart of Kirin. Yeah, again, this is just, it just wants the Super Friends deck. <laughs> it's a real thing, man. It's a real thing. Uh, first question Is it better than Smuggler's Copter? No. Okay. No. <laughs> Hard no. Um, do you play this in vehicles? Uh, no, unless you're playing. Uh, like a Sahili version of vehicles, I guess, like Jeskai-ish. I don't know, like, probably not, because you're not going to play... You play Chandra's out of the board, and do you even play Gideon's in the main? Uh, Gideon's are usually in the board of vehicles, and Chandra's are not played in vehicles. Oh, really? I no. thought they were on the side, man. They, I just, there's four Gideon's in the sideboard. I've, like, never seen that deck played. I don't know. Um, no, it, it does not see play in vehicles. Uh, one of our friends, Jack, asked me, how many Heart of Kirins do you play in Red White Vehicles? And I said zero. And he, zero. Was, very, he was very surprised because I'm like, it's not better than Smuggler's Copter. No, he's it's like, not. He's like, four for Vigilance. Like, yeah, it's not better than Smuggler's Copter. And also the two-drop slot in that deck is so packed. Also, like, the biggest thing is Crew 3. Crew 3 is so hard to get. Right, That that's the biggest reason you wouldn't do it. I mean, really, you're playing this card because you can do it on their turn with a Planeswalker. Yes, 
like minus one, make this into a creature for a turn. That's fine. Right. Um, I don't think I want to do it like on attacks and then again on blocks. That feels really bad. Unless you have um, multiple planeswalkers. Unless you have multiple planeswalkers, of course. Yeah. But again, Hardy Karen's also legendary, so you can only have one in play anyways. So if your vehicle's opponent goes like turn one, three of an inspector, turn two, copter, turn three, another inspector, copter, like mm-hmm. your Hardy Karen just looks sad. Yeah. Also, uh, game two. <laughs> yes. Also, game two, because that, that draw is absurd. Yeah. Um, Let's go ahead and talk about uh, the card that I think is meant to be the answer to all these artifact shenanigans and consulate crackdown. Yeah, that's that's all it's meant to be because that card is going to see no play other than in sideboards if artifact decks become a thing. I can see it as like a two of or a one of in like a Jeskai control deck. What are you hitting? Like uh, that you hit their copters. You, copter? you yeah, you just you just exile the copters until this leaves. It also like crackdown dodges fabricate, which is the biggest thing. It does. I think that with Green Black Delirium, which you would side this out, obviously. Obviously. But Green, Green Black Delirium is playing um, Appetite of the Unnatural. I'm playing one main board. Okay. Um, which most people say is wrong, but I just think. But what artifacts do you have that Crackdown cares about? Uh, none. Yeah, like, they're never playing that against you, anyways. Yeah. Like, it's meant for the artifact aggro decks. Also, uh, there's an article recently by Sam Stoddard, which, if you don't read his articles, you guys should. Um, he had an article where they they anticipated there being a aggro tokens deck in standard, and there just wasn't support for it, mainly because server exhibitions of sorcery, not an instant. Yeah, yeah, that is <laughs> raise the alarm. It is not. It is yeah, it's not raise the alarm. Um, as another example, uh, oh god, there's a card from Scar's Block, which is two and a white instant. Put two one one artifact mirrors into play, and like master's call. It's like master's call or something like that. Um, that card would be playable now, I think, but it needs yeah. to be two mana. Is the yeah. sad part. Yep. Uh, so now we have one more card we get to talk about as far as the new cards that have been officially spoiled, and that is Tezzeret the Schemer, um, who we mentioned as one of the as like a potential for an artifact deck in standard. Yeah. What's his plus one? So his plus one is create a colorless artifact token named oh. Ethereum Cell with tap sacrifice this artifact add one mana of any color to your mana pool. His minus two is target creature gets plus X minus X until end of turn where X is the number of artifacts you control. And his minus seven is you get an emblem with at the beginning of combat on your turn, target artifact you control becomes an artifact creature with base power and toughness five, five permanently. And he starts with five loyalty for two blue black. Yeah. I was listening to Patrick Chapin talk about this and he just, I'm pretty sure he has an apartment in magical Christmas land because he was just like talking all this crazy stuff. He was like, yeah, but you know, he's gonna, you're gonna have seven mana on turn six with this if it just, you know, stays out. It's like, well, it's probably gonna die. Like, I don't know, it's a Planeswalker. Planeswalker is sent to die. Smuggler's Copter makes uh, Standard very, very hostile to Planeswalkers. And it becomes less um, detrimental to Planeswalkers when you do play multiple Planeswalkers. However, they're still just dying, and none of them make flying tokens that can block, you know, there's no good answer to it. I think what they should have done was his minus two ability should have been gets plus X minus X on target artifact or creature until the end of next turn. I think it would need to read vehicle because giving a basic, just giving an artifact minus X plus X minus X doesn't mean anything. So like you'd have to look at okay. the templating for ether meltdown. Okay. But that's what they should have done in my opinion. Um, Cause I think he just is not going to see play because of that. I honestly was really disappointed when I saw this card. 
I think a lot of other people are because they expected a little bit more. Also, his first two versions were, like, insanely good. Yeah. Like, Tezzeret Agent of Bolas and Tezzeret the Seeker are just silly good magic cards. And Tezzeret yeah, the mean, Schemer is a little underwhelming in that regard. And it's two two colors, which isn't super... It's, it's trivial, but it's still something to think about. Um, also, I would almost never play this in Limited. Um, I can see decks playing it. I mean, if you it kill, had... It kills creatures. It can make a evasive creature bigger. Um, like, for example, if you have a Gear Seeker Serpent, you can minus two to okay. get, like, plus five, minus five, and make it a ten one. Gear Seeker Serpent, now that you mention it, is also something I could see play in standard if these artifact decks become a thing, because that card is stupid good. I've cast that card for four mana uh, in limited, and it's silly. Yeah. Um, and I've also cast it for blue-blue, like, later in the game. Right, um, like, that. that is something that will happen all the time if artifacts becomes a thing. Yeah. Um, but yes, I, I do think Tether the Schemer will see play at some point. I don't know if it's going to be in this, like, Grixis artifact decks that might magically exist. Um, <laughs> but I do think that Tezzeret is interesting enough that people are going to try him. Like, they're going to try out Tezzeret. Yeah, definitely um, give it a try. Also, he lets Blue-Black cast Noxious Gear Hulk on turn 5. I hear that's good. <laughs> or cast, like, a Torrential Gear Hulk on turn 5. I don't know what instance yeah. you would have in your graveyard at that point, aside from counterspells, uh, but you could do that. Yeah. So do we know... They're not printing any lands in this set, are they? Uh, we don't know if they're printing any dual lands. I would anticipate not. Right, because we just got them. Yeah, we just got we got all five. And the only reason... And, like, for example, Shadows got all five of those of the Shadow lands. There were no mm-hmm. dual lands in Eldritch Moon. Only reason why BFZ block got ten was because they did the five battle lands, and then they did two creature they did two creature lands in BFZ, and then the other three in Oath. Right. Um, because that's the that's like remember Zendikar is the land set, right? So they're allowed to give these kind of type of lands out. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. I would not anticipate any dual lands. Also, I don't know what colors need dual lands in standard at the moment. Yeah. It's rough, but that's where I'm at. Yep. Definitely. Um, those fast lands are fantastic, though. Well, the fast lands have been amazing. They're just so mm-hmm. good. So I, it was good. funny because I literally had just said to you, uh, "It really stinks that I have to play Lanowar Waste in my in my uh, Delirium deck because I don't want to take any damage." And then they print that uh, yep. Blossoming March or whatever it is. A Blooming March, yeah. Blooming, Blooming March. Is just, oh man. Yeah. Also, the fast lands have already made an impact in Modern uh, because. Yeah. Lantern used to play Lanowar Wastes, and now it's playing Blooming Marsh. Um, Infect gets to play Botanical Sanctum now, if they want mm-hmm. to. Um, <laughs> I don't see many decks playing it, because they still like being able to fetch for, for things. Um, yeah. But I do know, like, it, if you're in a burn-heavy metagame, Botanical Sanctum's just better if you're yeah. playing Infect, I think. I think. I don't know. I don't play Infect. But I know Ian has been talking about that card a lot as well. I know that Spiral of Canal is already seeing play in, like, Delver... And mm-hmm. stuff like Storm or anything, or any blue red deck that's trying to be in any way aggressive. Um, Inspiring Vantage is seeing some play in Burn, if I recall correctly. Um, and Concealed Courtyard, I think, is seeing some play in Obzon. Yeah. I mean, they were gonna, they were bound to see play. They're just yeah. great. The regular, the, the Ally Fast Lands from Scars are already have been seeing play, so these are obviously going to then see play. Um, yeah. In a format with turn four wins, you need all of your lands to come into play untapped. And if the first three turns matter that much, then that's when you know they need to come into play untapped. Absolutely. Um, so with that, I think that pretty much does it for us. Um, are there any other notes you want to hit on as far as these cards are concerned? Not really. I'm, I'm really excited for this set, though. I think it's going to mix some stuff up. I think that Artifacts Matters is finally going to be a thing, hopefully. 
And I look forward to seeing a more diverse format as it has been every single time they've released a new set. My biggest thing with this set is, unlike with Eldritch Moon, where I was just thinking, I just want to get to Kaladesh, I'm not thinking, I just want to get to Amonkhet. Yeah. This is actually set that I, a second set that I'm looking forward to in the same vein, because A, I want to see what they're going to do for Limited, and also everything just looks cool, and I'm, I love how the story's coming to a head. Um, th- this set just hopefully ties everything into a nice little bow. Hopefully. And hopefully nobody dies. <laughs> <laughs> not not Game of Thrones or anything. Like, of course keep not. the main characters. <laughs> of course not. In any case, that's going to do it for us. Um, Vinny, are you on social media where if people have any questions, they can contact you? I am. I don't use it very often, but if you do want to reach me, my Twitter is at Vinny, V-I-N-N-Y, 1125. Um, and if you just hit me up on there, I will most likely get back to you once I get the email. All right. Um... Ian, who is out of town again, he's he's in the middle of Hamilton as we speak. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at DixonIJ, D-I-X-O-N-I-J. He's also been streaming some on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dix. Uh, his latest stream has been was uh, he and I doing a, a few Vintage Cube drafts, which went fairly well. Yeah, I saw that. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, vintage, like Reanimator and White, white Weenie are... I was going to say, yeah, you, you finally got your White Weenie in there. Yay. <laughs> it's all I draft. Uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me uh, on Twitter at jwiley129. Uh, I'm also on Twitter with the same handle, and streams are still TBD at some point in the future. Um, you, if you want to reach the podcast directly, you can do so on Twitter at eyesinthemise, or if you have a more personal question, you can shoot us an email at eyesinthemise at gmail.com. Uh, again, if you have any feedback for the podcast, please send it our way. We love to hear how we can improve this. How we can improve the pro- how we can improve the podcast. Uh, one of the ways that I did that is I asked for a Blue Yeti microphone for Christmas, and it came in. So hopefully, this makes me sound much nicer than previously. <laughs> Anyways, uh, one, th- th- uh, thanks again to Vinny for joining me. Thank you. And we'll go ahead and see you all next time. <laughs>